With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another installment of Instant Equity, a proven real estate system with Mike Gazzola. Go to teachmemike.com and get started now. Welcome. You are listening to Instant Equity, a proven real estate system with Mike Gazzola. I'm Kerry Lutz. This is episode 40. Mike, we're continuing from last episode where we talked about the greatest foreclosure sale in the country, if not the world. You've gotten some more information on it? I have. So I just returned from upstate New York last week. And what I found is I pulled the foreclosure list. And right now there's 4,800 properties that are scheduled to go to foreclosure, meaning over a three-day period, as of right now, the city is looking to auction off 4,800 of these properties. And I'm not talking about properties. I mean, of course, there's going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. But there's some tremendous properties that are in really good neighborhoods that are available through this tax sale. And what's so amazing is unlike a lot of these other states, when they auction the property off, you're buying the property. You're not buying a certificate. You're getting the deed to the property, which is a lot different than investing in tax certificates or tax liens where you're just paying off the taxes and getting a set properties and you're getting them through the auction. Yeah, and you saw a property that was right across the street from one that you own in a university area, again, for not much. And you know what? You make a good point there because the good thing, you know, a lot of people think, well, upstate New York, how much, op-, you know, you got to understand upstate New York, they didn't experience, they didn't have these huge crashes and these huge upswings. They've remained stable. So for investors out there that are looking for cash flow, I'll give you just a quick example. You know, last year at the tax sale, I bid on a property and it was on a street called Berkshire and it's really close to the university. It's about slightly less than one mile from a major university. And I got that property for less than $25,000. And right now it's rented for $1,100 a month and it's two units. So It's not like you're making a fortune per unit, but the amount that you tie up compared to what you get in rental income, it's a phenomenal rate of return. And just now I just showed you the list. We kind of just thumbed through it. And there's a property right across the street in the same university neighborhood. In fact, just now, just scrolling through it, I saw over 100 properties in the same university district that I invest in all the time. But that's just one little sliver of what's coming up. Some people want to buy in really nice neighborhoods. They want to buy, and that's what I like to call conservative investments. Some people don't mind to tie up a lot more money and get a lower rate of return, but own it in a really nice neighborhood. Some people like to buy in really poor neighborhoods and get an extraordinarily high rate of return. I like to go right in the middle. I like the middle of the road neighborhoods. Not the really good ones or the great ones, I would say, and not the really bad ones. I like to go the middle of the road 
you get a, a really good rate of return. You know, all the ones that I have rented right now are getting over 10% rate of return. And they're middle-of-the-road properties. You know, these are where you get average working-class people that either work for the university or they work for a company around it. You know, that's what I target. I'm not looking for the suburban properties where I might only get a 6 or 7 rate of return. But some people, that's what they're looking for. And the great thing about this best auction that I've ever seen, and, you know, I've been doing this for over 12 years now, it's once a year, and every single year, there's so many amazing properties that sell for a fraction of their value. Yeah, just looking at this list, I've never seen a list where 4,800 properties are going to be sold, even if a portion of them get paid off 25%, you're still looking at 3,600 properties. That is remarkable. Well, you know, last year there was over 3,000. And, you know, right now we're about two months away and they are going to get redeemed. Some of these will get redeemed, but say even 30% of them got redeemed. You know, you're still talking about over 3,000 properties again this year. And, you know, I call it the sweet spot because... A lot of people have noticed, you know, you may be thinking, people listening might be thinking, well, how are these properties going to end up selling for taxes? So let me explain that. What happens is you may have a bank mortgage. Let's just use an example. You know, one of these university properties, let's say you owe $70,000, $80,000 on the property to your mortgage. Well, if you haven't paid that mortgage in the last two, three years, and you haven't been maintaining that property the taxes are building up. When you don't pay those property taxes and you don't pay your mortgage, what's going to happen is the city is going to foreclose on you for taxes. So some people would say, well, if the house is worth $60,000 as an example, why wouldn't the person just sell that property? If the taxes are only eight, nine, dollars $10,000, why not just sell that property for the $60,000 and make the profit? Well, this happens all the time. They have a first mortgage in place. So if you have a first mortgage on your property, and let's say you're upside down, or let's say you're not, let's just say it's a $60,000 property and you owe $60,000 on it. So let's pretend like you're at a break-even point. Well, what happens when you don't pay your mortgage, the interest, it just builds and builds and builds. So what happens is your principal balance continues to go up because remember, you haven't paid for a couple of years. Well, when you don't pay your mortgage, you typically don't pay your property taxes either. So what happens is the city comes and forecloses on the property. Well, the city supersedes. When you don't pay your taxes, that's going to supersede the mortgage on the property. So when people say, well, yeah, I mean, if the taxes are only eight or 9000 why wouldn't you sell the property? Well, you can't. Because in order to sell the property, you'd have to pay off that $60,000 mortgage, pay off the taxes, and ultimately, that's how it ends up going through foreclosure. Now, when the people say... Well, why wouldn't the bank step in, pay off those taxes, and they take ownership of the property? Well, that's another good point. If, if you owe $60,000 on a property worth $60,000, the banks, you know, they have people working there that understand that that's throwing good money after bad money. Because if you owe $60,000 and the property's worth $60,000, why would you spend another $10,000 to pay off the taxes now you're in the property $70,000 just to sell it for $60,000. They just call it a wash. And this happens all the time. So ultimately, the city forecloses. 
they're only looking to get their tax money back. So they sell the property to the highest bidder. And you know what? There's so many properties there that some properties don't even get bid on. Because there's usually, every year, I've been doing this, the last 12 years, I've been at the same exact tax sale. I do it every single October. And it's just a place for me to easily scoop up properties for a fraction of their value. Because there, there might be a 1,000 people in the room, usually less than that. But there's over 3,000 properties available. So it's the perfect storm of supply and demand. There's so much supply and there's just not enough investors in the room. And a lot of times these properties don't even get bids. They just revert back to the city. And as far as the days, uh, what's it like on the last day of the auction? Is that when you get really great deals? Well, yeah, a lot of times what they'll do is that they'll auction them off by district. So, and a lot of people who aren't seasoned, who haven't been trained by me, they just don't understand the process. They get overly excited. And you'll notice on the first day, there might be a crowd three times bigger than on the last day. But what they do is they spend their money, they get a little aggressive, people start getting what I call auction fever. It's, you know, egos get involved. You know, somebody bids against you, now you bid against them, you bid, and it just goes back and forth like a merry, you know, and what happens is people will tend to spend their money right away. And then when a lot of the really good deals come up at the end, people have exhausted their funds. You know, one of the favorite, let me tip you guys on something real quick, is a lot of times when I go to these auctions that are three days long, what happens is a lot of people, you know, they tend to play games. You know, auctions can sometimes be like a chess match. And when you don't have an, an experienced mentor to teach you this process, sometimes you might tend to get sucked in too. And that's why I take the time to explain these things. Because what I've noticed is a lot of times what'll happen is at the very end of the day, so let me just explain a scenario here for you guys. At the very end of the day, let's say the last, what happens is you can bid on a property. And if you made a mistake or you bid too high, there's several breaks throughout each day. Now, if you bid on a property, and I see this all the time, two people will go together. They'll have the husband or the wife place a bid. And what happens is, now, a lot of people say there was a really prime, really prized piece of property that was being auctioned. What a lot of people do to get rid of the competition is, let's say you and I are there together, Carrie. I'll tell you, Carrie, just bid this property up as high as you want. Just bid it up, bid it up. Because what happens is, and Carrie's the winner, regardless of price. Now, the rules are, as long as you go to the auctioneer and explain to him that you made a mistake, then he will rebid the property with no penalty, without kicking you out, without, but if you ignore him and you just walk out, yeah, then you're not going to be able to place another bid. But he's extremely clear. If you go up to the front and just one-on-one -on -one say, hey, listen, you know, I accidentally bid on this property at 123 Main Street. I thought it was a different property. I simply made a mistake. Can you rebid that? Well, what happens is all the people that were competing against Carrie have walked out. They thought Carrie was the winner. Now, after the next break, Carrie nudges me and I say, oh, now I place the bid, but now I'm placing the bid against half the people there. So what I do is I stay till the very end because at the last auction, what happens, so imagine that scenario. Now, on the last segment of the day, this is what happens lots of times. The very last segment of the day, people will do the exact same thing. They'll bid, They'll have a partner bid, a friend bid, drive it up, 
above what you'd want to pay for it. Then they walk to the auctioneer, but now it's the end of the day. So people are thinking, oh, the auction's over. Well, there's one final step. The auctioneer does what's called the rebids. So now he's doing the rebids, but now you're bidding against 20% of the people that you were bidding against before. It's, you know, this is simple economics. You know, the more people bidding on a property, typically the higher you're going to pay. So on some of these prized properties, I see games like this all the time. So what I do is I just stick around to the end. I don't play any of these games. I'm willing to pay X amount of dollars for a property. If, and I, I do my research. I do exactly what I teach you guys to do. How do we do the comps? How do we see exactly what things are renting for in a neighborhood? How do we see the metrics, the demographics? The, you know, we do our research prior to our bids. So I have a whole list of properties, every single auction that I bid on, and so do my students. We simply go in, we have a fixed amount we're willing to pay based on the profit we wanna earn. We don't deviate. So when the rebids come, if I see, I'll just, I'll bid up to my number. You know, I don't get involved in these games. There's no need. You know, you can do this straightforward. You don't have to play games. You can get amazing deals. You know, last episode, I talked about, you know, a, a five bedroom, two and a half bath property I got in a great neighborhood for 17000 And I'm now getting eight fifty a month rent on that. You know, you don't have to be greedy. You can just stick to your guns, set a price, and it's only once a year. So me and my students, we go there three days ahead of the auction. We do our homework. We know exactly what we want to bid. And I know you're coming with me this year, Carrie. Absolutely. And, you know, and the two of us, well, and the group of students, we'll do all our homework. There's enough to go around. There's enough for everybody to get multiple properties. And you know what? The last training I did at this same exact auction, more properties were bought by my students. So the total number of properties bought by my students exceeded the number of students I had, meaning everybody who wanted properties got them. I mean, this is just a, an amazing way without having to spend a lot of time. And we do it all at once. We do our homework up front. We do the auction. We assess the properties after. And everybody leaves with a property if they want one. Amazing. And as far as the data up there in upstate New York, uh, how's it rate uh, compared to like down here in South Florida and in other places? Is everything you need accessible online? Well, see, that's the great thing. So Florida, you know, they're phenomenal at public records. And when you're dealing with bank foreclosures, and these are all things I teach, you got to, there's steps you got to take to make sure you're buying a property that doesn't have back taxes, that doesn't have mortgages. The great thing about a tax sale is when you're buying it, everything subsequent to that, the taxes owed. So you got to just remember, keep it simple. The government supersedes everybody. So if the government's foreclosing based on taxes, you're wiping out that first mortgage, that second mortgage. So the great thing is if you just use the exact resources and we do it together, I don't just tell you what you should do. We do it together. I take you step by step through this process and we do it in real time. We spend three days doing the homework. But the good news is everything we need to know prior to bidding is all online and we physically visit these properties. So me and my students, and it might sound cumbersome, but we're gonna hit a couple hundred of these properties. But you gotta understand on one street, there might be 12 of them and some will get redeemed. But what we do is we pull a fresh list three days before the auction. So if you haven't paid off your taxes three days before it's being auctioned, now the chance of you paying it off becomes very slim. Right now we're two months out. So I wouldn't be surprised if 20, 25, even 30% of these 
got paid off. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing my research right now. I'm going to do it in real time with my students. Every single person who attends with me will know exactly what they want to bid on, how much they want to bid. And even after the auction, we create a game plan. Do you want to buy it and hold it? I have the property management. I have people up there that manage properties for me. Do you just want to wholesale it out? Do a quick flip? That's not a problem. Do you want to hold it long term? Do you want to sell it on the retail market? These are all the different options and everybody has different needs. Everybody, Some people just want to do this to collect rental income. Some people want to start flipping houses. And when you see some of the deals that I've done over the years where I paid seven, eight, nine grand for a property, that's only because I didn't have competition. So I didn't have people bidding against me. So I got it for the, the low bid price. And then I ultimately resold that property and made a profit. I've never lost money on a single one of these auction properties in the last 12 years that I've been doing this. So this is not guessing. This is just doing exactly what has worked for me for all this time. One final question. Are most of these properties when they sell occupied or are they empty? You know, there's a good mix. So a lot of times what happens is you'll take, you'll go, remember, we we visit a couple hundred properties before the auction because I know the areas. I'm not going to go to the worst neighborhoods. I'm not going to go to the very best neighborhoods unless some of my students are looking for the really, really conservative investments, knowing that they're going to get a lower rate of return, but they want to buy a really conservative property. So some of them are owned by investors. So they're currently owned by investors, and sometimes those are already rented. I mean, from last year's auction, remember it was one year ago now, last year's auction, a couple of them were already had tenants in there, and some didn't. And, you know, there's... It's, it's good and bad. You know, to, to some people, you know, you got to understand this is upstate New York. It gets cold. And when people are living there, you know that there's, for the most part, there's the heat, the plumbing, all that stuff is good, all the mechanics. And for the most part, you're just worrying about doing cosmetics and sprucing the property up. But if somebody's living there, you got to understand the winters are, are brutal, especially last year. So for the most part, you're, you're talking about good heat, good plumbing, good electric, all the majors. And, you know, the good thing with rented properties is if they're owned by investors, a lot of times they just sign a new lease with you. If they don't, the eviction laws are very friendly. But some people just want to target because some people, they want the vacant ones. And that's not a problem because we check this out ahead of time. They buy the vacant ones, they fix them up, and they sell them for retail prices. And you're thinking, well, yeah, you make it sound real easy. Well, it is because... A lot of people just don't have the cash to buy them because you're thinking, well, how are you going to resell them for a higher profit? Well, you got to understand not a lot of people know about this process. This is, I wouldn't say it's proprietary to me, but I just don't know another person who teaches real estate that knows about this or has ever done it. So I'm only teaching you what I know. This isn't what I read in a book or saw on TV. This has been my life for the last 12 years. And finally, uh, you've got your... uh toolkit, your resource kit available, and people want to get that, uh, your 10 exclusive resources that you use, how do they get that? Yeah, so what I made is, you know, a lot of investors, they don't just don't know where to start. They're, they ask me, you know, Mike, you know, there's so much information out there, where do I start? So I created what, what I call my toolkit, which is just my favorite 10 resources for investing in real estate. If you want to get that, there's no charge for it. You simply just go to my site, it's teachmemike.com. 
You enter just your first name and your email address, and not only will I send you my toolkit, but the second email you receive from me will be my number one best-selling book, and this is just what I give to my students. So, you know, when you get, as soon as you go to the website, it's all right there for you. You can actually get started right now. All right, Mike, and finally, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, just go over to the iTunes store, type in Instant Equity, You'll see it right there. Click the subscribe button and it'll get delivered to you every week automatically. This has been another installment of Instant Equity, a proven real estate system with Mike Gazzola. Go to teachmemike.com and get started now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.